1: if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new
0: book and get your copy today. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time, join us. Welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan to call me the idea guy. Mostly because bad internet guy. Didn't sound so cool to me. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's the Italian stallion. He's got the license plate covered to prove it. Mr. Joey Murray. Stallion. Good afternoon. What's up, my brother? I mean, you know what's up is inflation. You know what I hope is going down is taxes. And that's the topic of the day that this... We'll save you taxes.
1: Man, uh, I I am a, could not agree with you more. And uh yeah, that's that's why this is important today, right? If you can rightfully, legally save more of that money that you have earned, what could it mean for you? Right? It is it's a double opportunity. I have to pay less and I then can invest more how can I get the passive income greater than monthly expenses as fast as possible? That's why these types of conversations are important. Every
0: day is tax day, right? Every day is tax day. If we're doing the job that we're supposed to do, meaning that we're working hard, we're creating assets to produce passive income. We're creating income streams that far exceed our monthly expenses. That's our job. That's our goal. But if we are not, figuring out how to minimize, reduce, eliminate taxes, then we're working too hard, right? We're working Russ hard. I want to work Joey hard. Like I want to sit around and enjoy life. I want to see things from the seat of the couch. I don't want to be on this stinking treadmill. That's why this is important, Stallion. Now, I can't just continue to just beat you up the whole day. I gotta yes, get around. you can actually. You can, uh, and you and you
1: probably will. So let's let's keep
0: rocking. Oh, well, we gotta get around the table, man. We gotta we gotta bring in the dream team of financial coaches and get their insights on what will save you taxes. Or the title, I guess, is "This will save you taxes." We'll hear their thoughts. To my left, I got Mister Incredible. His superpower is speed to financial freedom, and the real beauty to that speed is it's contagious. My man, Mr. JD
2: Hill, say hello to your fans, JD. Hey, fans! There we are, Jamie. Thank you, thank you. Gotcha, uh, Russ. I'm glad to be here. I'm wearing my Wealth Without Wall Street shirt. It's only one of two that I have because y'all keep withholding all the kit from me. Um, but that's okay. I am repping the gear, uh, and I'm excited to be here because nothing brings me more joy than to talk about Uncle Sugar. Yeah, tell and me. You know, well, you know who Uncle Sugar is, right? I do, but let's bring everybody else into the loop. Uncle Sugar is the IRS, okay? That is the government, and they are not here to help you. And so if you want to know why I think this is important, Russ, have you ever heard the expression, it's not how much you make, but how much you keep that matters? Uh You ever heard that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's important that we have this conversation because when was the last time you or the folks that are listening today really looked to see how much money Uncle Sugar was stealing from you and what you could do about it? My guess is most people looked at the tax return
0: or the bill that their accountant told them to pay, and they went pissed. That's but that's
2: right. about it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And they kind of threw their hands up and asked their CPA, "Was there anything I can do about it?" And their CPA said, "This is the best you got," and that's
0: mm-hmm. it. Hmm,
2: is it? It's not. There's there's good news, and we're going to give you the good news. All right. Well, good. I'm, I'm excited about the good news. And by the way. The reason we limit the kit
0: that you get, because then you'd have to start reporting it as income and then that would raise your tax bill, bro. Come on. Come on. Just There's a little People limit.
1: helping people. There's <laughs> people <laughs> helping
0: people around here. Just, I mean, just <laughs> joking out, looking out for you, my friend. <laughs> I bet that's what it is. <laughs> All right, let's get around to your right. I got the king of b Mr. Real Estate. He's agnostic to his type as long as it produces cash flow. The
3: multi-talented Jamie O'Brien. Good to see you, Jamie. Man, good to be here, Russ. Just enjoying another day in paradise, my friend. This will save you taxes. And the rest is, from your opinion, important? Why? Well, I mean, I've got a simple brain. I'm gonna keep it simple. It's almost November. We're at the end of the year. We should have been thinking about this all year, but we probably weren't, just to your point, right? So what better time to either, one, start thinking about it for this year and next year, or two, get all of, you know, get your financial house in order. Really try to figure out now before we get to the end of the year, if you have any options to try and lower that tax bill before the end of the year. All right. Well, if you're excited about learning different systems, things that
0: we've learned and maybe even had to unlearn about ways to save in taxes, as well as maybe a system or a plan that we're implementing personally and some of the benefits that's given us, then jump in with us right now.
2: Russ
0: Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, gentlemen, I need you to raise your right hand. As we enter into this discussion around taxes and this will save you taxes, the first thing we have to do is ensure to give everyone the disclaimer that we are not CPAs. Are we? No. No, I'm not. And I'm we, are not go- <laughs> we are not going We're not going to give tax advice, are we? No.
1: No CPA. Uh,
0: Anything that we say as it relates to taxes, you better, you should, you absolutely need to go talk to somebody and see if it applies to your situation. Just because it works for Joey or JD or Jamie does not mean it will work for you. Correct?
1: Yes. Amen. 100.
0: All right. Disclosure done. Attorneys beware. Joey, I want to start with you because you were the first, you're the first student in, in the room here when we were talking about different things. I was sharing things that I was doing personally and and why I wasn't doing certain things. I would love to know one thing that you either had to learn or unlearn as it related to things that could save you or reduce your tax bill. Uh,
1: The the most obvious thing to me, Russ, was (laughs) understanding the truth behind qualified plans. Uh, At the time, I was a high-income earner active income only, and it was commission-based income. And the only thing that I knew was put money away in your 401k or IRAs, and that is a way I could reduce my taxable income. In fact, put it on autopilot. That's a benefit to you, right? It gets pulled out of every paycheck. Um, It'll defer taxes. Like that's as good as saving them, isn't it? (laughs) Wrong, right? That was something I learned, right? Deferred taxes are not a benefit to me. They're a benefit to Uncle Sugar. Thank Came you, up. JD, for that. Kemma, you bet. And and the second thing was, it it was really just like this idea that that's the only option. Like like Wall Street was my only option for building wealth. And and once I realized, it was just locking up my money. It was just it was saving me taxes today to charge me more in the future. I was like, this is the biggest scam ever. And then you you add that to the fact that it will never help me get to financial freedom. Like I'm out, that's all I need. I mean, taxes were a part of that conversation. And man, that's, I think once you see it for what it truly is, it is not for those seeking financial freedom today.
0: I mean, look, there's a, a CPA right now just telling someone, stallion, a mini stallion, little Italian stallion, you can take up to 25% of your compensation not to exceed $66,000 and put it in your SEP IRA right now. Like, just go ahead and move it over there, and your tax bracket's going to go down. You're going to pay less in taxes. There's somebody telling you right now to do that. And what you're saying is that that that, that tax deferral is not a tax savings. It's n- merely a deferral. And they're going to also defer what? The tax calculation. Exactly. And that's the interesting part is that most people don't do the math. on what will Uncle Sugar need in the future, right? We all understand what happens with sugar, right? A moment on the lips, lifetime on the hips. Demo. Sugar get big, right? <laughs> He's more. So we better be careful. Okay. How about how about you, Jamie? Tell me one thing that you had to learn or unlearn around reducing or minimizing taxes.
3: Yeah, I mean, I had to unlearn. Uh, I think a, a misconception out there, and I think there's a lot of great CPAs. Uh, there's a lot of of great people that mean the right thing, but I think uh, most people fall into a nice, neat, tidy box when you're coming and bringing your taxes to a CPA. Um, and and you really have to take accountability for your your own financial future right i I remember i went and was starting my real estate company had a couple good years and and making some income and trying to figure out how that was going to affect me and my cpu was like well you've got the income you're in real estate go buy a truck and i was like well i don't i don't really need a truck you know why would i go buy a truck right isn't that just adding an unnecessary expense spending money to spend money but he's like yeah but It's going to lower your tax bill. You can write it off. You're in real estate. You got the purpose. And it just never, never really sat, sat well with me. And so what I've kind of learned is once I started bringing ideas to him, then it opened the conversation. It's like, okay, you've done your research. We can start to have a bigger conversation about what we're trying to do. Mm, That's so good.
0: How about for you, JD? What was
2: something that you had to learn or unlearn to reduce the tax? Uh, you ever heard the expression, uh, what got you here won't get you there? You ever heard that before? And so what I had to learn was who were the who's that I should be following or getting in the room with based on where my income was going, mm. right? Who were the people that I needed to start getting into the room with, getting in community with and start figuring out what they were doing because they were solving the, they'd already solved the problems that I was trying to solve for myself. And it opened up this new world of education for me that I never would've gotten anywhere else if it wasn't for being able to get into the room with those types of people. Because that was something that I had to learn was who are those folks that have already accomplished it, that have already done it, that have already solved the tax problem. Um, and what I learned, this is this is actually really powerful for me, is I learned that there's actually different types of income. You've got capital gains income, short-term capital gains, long-term capital gains. You've got W-2 income, you've got 1099 income, all of these different incomes require different types of tax planning, and I didn't—I didn't know that. I just thought all income was treated equally. It's not, right? And so, what what might work for you, Russ, may not work for Jamie from a tax planning standpoint. This is why following other people's tax advice is not a good idea, because your income may not be the same income that they have. And so, that was something that was super powerful for me was learning. Who are those folks I need to be around? And then what type of income do I have? Because that's going to dictate the tax strategy that I need to be implementing.
0: Mm. No, that's so good. I mean, I, I was on a call earlier today with an attorney kind of tax strategy group, and he was covering those exact things, right? He was saying like, there's a lot of strategies out there. There's a lot of products. There's a lot of tools that can be used, but do they work for you? That's a hard thing. And one of the things that he was sharing with me I thought was really fascinating. I'll, I'll give this insight here. It's a, as business owners, we run our businesses with these KPIs, right? These key performing um, indexes. And you're running a business, you're tracking sales. You're tracking expenses, right? You're tracking growth, whatever. And he's like, but are we doing that in all of our areas, especially taxes? Like, are we, are we measuring on every investment choice that we make? what our tax efficiency is for that specific investment do we have a goal in mind and do we run everything through a filter to see how it measures up right if you add 100 deals that you were doing do you run it through okay this is how much return i get right this is how much cash flow i get this is what my uh, maybe my exit's going to be but are we also measuring the tax efficiency of it and does that measurement if you track that kpi does it impact the decisions you make and so so many times right we talk about being overwhelmed with the number of things to learn and for some of us who's been in the financial industry like you and i jd there's a lot of things we have to unlearn right because we were professionally trained to tell jamie and and joey this garbage right like like we were brainwashed to tell them those things But when you don't know what those key performing indexes are, um, indicators are for you, then you don't know how well each thing you're doing and decision you're making impacts another. I love all of those things. Well, I would love to go into kind of our second point, which is what's the, what's the one strategy that you're executing on and what are those key insights, those key learnings around it? Because our systems are so important. I, we were in Denver and Justin and chauffeur was shared this quote. I love this quote. He, he said that we do not rise to the level of our goals, right? All of us have this aspiration to be financially free. All of us have an aspiration to, to pay as little in taxes, for instance. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems, mm-hmm. right? And our outcomes are determined based upon what we're doing intentionally. So I I want to talk about systems and plans. So Jamie, I'm going to come to you first. Tell me what is a strategy that you're executing on and what were some of those key insights and learnings that you gained around it that the person listening to you right now could take away?
3: Yeah. So one thing that I'm executing on currently and this year was Getting getting my my house in order. When I say that, I mean my business structures to take advantage of of different different tax advantages, right? And so, currently setting up an S or actually just set up an S corporation um, for a couple reasons, right? One of the reasons was I, so I could control the income coming myself um, and and to stop paying so much in self employment tax and whatever. Um, but then I started to learn about this thing called the one ninety nine A, where you know, you could take a deduction off your qualified business income. Now I'm no expert on this. I don't want to pretend to be the expert. Uh, and this will be an ongoing conversation with my tax planning team and my CPA, but from what I understand of it, now I'm able to potentially deduct more from my qualified business income than maybe I could have saved, you know, just from trying to say payroll tax and other, you know, and self-employment tax. And so digging deeper, in that conversation is going to be huge. Um, and I think having the right team around you to help with that conversation is going to be huge. And so that's something I'm currently working on and will continue to be working on through the end of the year into next
0: year. Yeah. You're so right. Entity structure is a lot of the framework, like Joey, when you and I go out and play golf, the reason I'm so much better than you, right? So much better than you is all of those lessons that I took, right? And the thing about it is that he couldn't fix my bad swing. But what he did is he got me in the right position. And if you ever see me on a golf course, you look at me you're like, that dude knows what he's doing. Just look at him. And then you see Joe, you're like, that dude has no clue. Because 80% of the result is in the positioning, is getting yourself in the right like placement. And I think hmm. entity structure is the same exact thing, man. I mean, that's why I hit the ball so much further than you, Joe Well, when you,
1: uh, stand directly 90 degrees to the right, that duck hook goes straight down the middle. I mean, just straight down the middle of the pairway. So you're, is, you're
0: right. This is so good. All right. So I will come to you. I want to understand what strategy that you're executed on right now that is uh, helping and also what are some of the more importantly. What are the key insights or learnings that you've had around it? Well, I'll tell you this. As soon as
1: uh, my tax planning group told me that there was such a thing as the Augusta rule, I was sold. I didn't even care what it was. I mean, you know, the only sports I watch all year long is the Masters. And so as soon as I knew there were some some jokers in Augusta that created a a, a way to save on taxes, I was like, let's go. Let's do this thing. And so ultimately, if you're not familiar with the Augusta Rule, it's a way in which um, you can rent your primary residence or any residence that you own up to 14 days per year from your business, like your business can rent it from you personally. Okay. When you do that, you're able to deduct that that cost from your business and not claim it as income personally so it is a, a great way to save on taxes and what but the learning that i have around this is not that you can you know rent your house for 14 days but that you as long as you do it the proper way you can maximize and optimize it. let me just explain what what i mean there's other people i've heard that are out there these gurus that get on you know youtube or on instagram whatever they're talking about oh rent your house rent your house but they're doing it based off of if I were to rent an Airbnb on a nightly rate, right? Like, so let's say that my house, for instance, would rent for 400, $400 or $500 a night, maybe 350 whatever the case may be here in Helena. I mean, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, not close to any major you know, area, and so I would be... I wouldn't be really going to all this trouble to save $300 a night, 14 times a year. Like that's, that's not a whole lot of, you know, juice isn't worth the squeeze, so to speak. But whenever I got a commercial appraiser to go out and compare my home to other venues, commercial venues in the area, that is the like um, situation that you're comparing to. You have, so the, the big learning was compare your property to like spaces and uses. And then the second thing I learned is you're able to document this like a boss because some people get scared of doing this because they don't understand the documentation process and they're like, oh, well you could get nailed on this on your, on an audit or whatever. But the truth of the matter is if you document it according to the rules, right? Have at least four people in, uh, in these meetings, you have them for at least the four hour timeframe. Uh, including cleanup and setup and all these sort of things then you are there's there's nothing that uh, dictates to me as a business owner what space I rent and so there's as much as the IRS may not want me to do that I have the full autonomy to be able to do that and by the way I'll tell you more details later as to how it's benefited our business for me to actually rent my house uh for our business so it's He loved it. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system?
0: Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it, as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before, go to what's what forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher's saying pot quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be find out how close you are by taking our
1: 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz.
0: I love the fact that you could do it, as you said, for anything that has a cooking space, a a bedroom, um, a bathroom, right? So this, this applies. I've been told from our CPAs for RVs, like cousin Eddie, right? It applies to boats. I haven't even created a name, but I don't have a boat with all those things yet yet uh you know lake homes beach homes mountain homes like hey it's basically an excuse jd to go figure out a way to buy new things no that's not true but you, you if you have multiple then you may be able to use this in separate places jd what's the one
2: strategy that you're executing on right now and what's a key insider learning around it um the first going back to what i'd mentioned before is is actually learning what type of income that i have um, from long-term capital gains to short-term capital gains to 1099 to active income to passive income to W-2 income. Like there, all these different incomes require a different type of strategy. And so, uh, for example, I'll give you one from, from last year. Uh, one of the things that we we, we implemented was uh, a conservation easement. Please don't do these, by the way. They're, they're heavily audited. I'll never do another one again, but I needed it for last year, okay? Um, but, but this was great because of the nature of the way that I, I got this deduction. So I put a dollar in and that deduction gave me $5 worth of deduction from my active income. Okay, so uh, $50,000 or say $100,000 contribution eliminates $500,000 off of my active income. That's a that's a massive deal, right? It's a significant tax savings. So when you compare that to say something like putting money into a SEP IRA, right? If I put 60 grand into a SEP IRA, then then, that's that's a, a a very it's a dollar for dollar basically, you know, um um reduction from 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 my uh, income versus something like a a syndicated conservation easement, which is what I did last year. Something else that I've also done, which is really helpful, is recognizing what type of active participation that you need in order to get enhanced type of a deduction. So so, for example, becoming a real estate professional. Becoming a real estate professional is also really valuable for me because it actually changed my short-term capital gains to active income. So so the, the uh, flips that I did last year, short-term capital gains is taxed like ordinary income or active income, but it's considered short-term capital gains, which has different types of tax treatment. But because I was a real estate professional, I got to change that from short-term capital gains to active income which gave me the ability to have different deductions for that type of income. And so once you understand and can get your arms around these different types of incomes, it really, really helps you start to narrow your focus into what types of tax strategies you should really be implementing. So, I mean, I think the insight I'm taking away from that is that I need to become a real estate professional. You absolutely need to become a real estate professional.
0: (laughs) That goes against everything that I believe in, man.
2: I'm teasing. That's
0: for my good friend Sharon, who runs one of the fastest growing publicly traded uh, real estate companies, real. This is as Sharon says, the anti-sponsor. They didn't
3: pay me to say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, 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 I love that. I mean, there's the, the key is, is that we have to have a system. We have to have a strategy that we're implementing. It doesn't matter if you're paying kids and you're, you, you've built an approach where you're able to teach them how to make money while also, pay for their expenses that they have right our kids have very expensive activities i mean I, I love it whenever i'm sitting at a soccer game or i'm sitting at a swim meet and one of the parents is like my kids they're gonna get a scholarship they're gonna get a scholarship they'll be playing in college you just watch next year the year after that i'm like they're already playing in college and you already uh, you're paying for the scholarship as we sit here in a different city after we just got sleeping in the five-star hotel. Like, I mean, like they better give a scholarship. You've already paid for it. I mean, like, come on, man. So if if we're going to pay for it, let's still pay for it with our income tax bracket, right? Let's let's pay our kids, get them involved, show them how to start making money, hopefully making money um, fun and teaching them along the way. But also at the same time when we're teaching them how, how this works, we're like, okay, good. This is what you do. You work for money. You make money. You get some money in. And then you pay for the things you want. You wanted to swim. Uh, uh, you want to be on a swim team. You wanted to go to Chattanooga for this event. You wanted to stay in this nice hotel. I know you did, but I don't stay in a hotel that's not nice. So that's what we're And we're using your money, right? Like there's a, there's a system that we're able to use. All those things. There's lots of opportunity. All right, let's get into our third point. So we've covered things that we have to learn or unlearn in order to minimize our taxes. Secondly, we talked about what systems or plans and the key insights around those that are helping us. But as we're running down the road right now, we want to know the, so what we want to see, what did this all equal? And Joey, you said, let me tell you how utilizing this thing called the Augusta rule has even benefited not only my personal savings and tax savings, but also Benefited my business. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So
1: as you probably already know, Russ and I and our whole team is 100% remote. And we actually made that decision um, a couple of years ago, basically on the heels of COVID. Everybody was like, hey, I just really like working from home. But we knew that there was an element of that that would lose some of the connection point for our team. And so it was just like a perfect solution for Russ and I to, to host our team in our homes every couple of weeks. So one, one month or one uh, of our weekly meetings we do at my house in a month and one of them we do at his house in a month and it allows us to have a touch point, it allows us to have an in-person Uh, For anybody who's local, obviously our team is all over the country, but um, there are a number of people here in Birmingham. And so we're able to spend time with people face-to-face as a result of this. And the second part of that is, as you mentioned, it was just pure benefit from a a tax standpoint. Um, My house is only able to write off $1,500 per meeting, whereas Russ, I know yours is actually more because where yours is located is in a different kind of a commercial district with higher rental rates. And so for me, it it, it ranges probably between seven and $10,000 worth of actual tax savings per year for me to have that connection point with our team. So I'm grateful for it for both of those reasons.
0: Well, I and mean, what you're doing, bro, is you're taking a liability. Our primary homes are liabilities. Let's just face it, right? Absolutely. They're, a lif- they're a lifestyle liability. It's something that we enjoy. You drive a nice car, it's a liability. But it's a lifestyle. You live in a house wherever it is, no matter um, how nice or not. It's a lifestyle choice that you're making. But it's a liability whenever you're able to do what you're doing. And anyone who's utilizing this this IRS code the proper way is able to start taking this liability and potentially even write it off its full cost. I mean, last year I was able to write off fifty something thousand dollars from my business to pay myself personally. And here's the so what to that it means I would have had to go out to get that same fifty thousand dollars in my pocket, which I did, tax free. The equivalent would mean I would have had to go out and make like ninety thousand dollars, pay the taxes to put fifty thousand dollars in my pocket. That I mean, that's a lot of difference there. And I, I don't think people realize that some of these strategies, if we're if we're able to start adding these things up, really have significant impacts. Jamie. Talk to me a little bit. I mean, we were talking about a second ago how you were building out different entity structures and how that was helping you see things from a financial perspective better. But what other benefits are you seeing from setting those up?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was... So take you back to when I was a W-2 employee, right? W-2 employee had my real estate business. That was pretty simple. It was pretty simple to keep things separate, right? And and to kind of not commingle funds like we always talk about, you know? And, and I was able to... Uh, there was two things, right? There was the the accounting side of keeping things separate from the business perspective, but also had that W-2 salary that I was able to go to the bank and in real estate, you know, you want to be bankable, right? I use bank loans for different real estate ventures to refinance homes, whatever I may be doing. And I lost that, right? I lost that last January when I decided to go self-employed, right? At it was one of those small little things that I really didn't think about in, in the big picture. And I just feel so much better having everything properly structured now, because now I don't have to worry about coming late funds, right? My, my wife's 1099, self-employed, I now have multiple different streams of income coming in. Now we can consolidate it into one place, keep the business and the personal totally separate in different entities, but also through the S Corp, I can create a salary right? That a bank likes for the financing. So it ties into that real estate side of the business as well. So for me, it's done a couple of different things. Um, the big thing is, again, I said at the beginning of this, I've got a simple mind I keep it simple. When I got into like major accounting and trying to separate things, who knows where stuff got lost. I know my CPA loves me for it, but, um, you know, the big thing is just peace of mind knowing that at least we've separated things and it's going to be much easier to kind of keep track of, uh, going forward. Peace of mind. What's that
0: worth? Right. I mean, I mean what, a lot. How, how many things do we have to worry about and try to figure out all the different entities and where money is, if you can simplify that and it saves you taxes, bingo, right? Win-win. When, when. That's amazing. How about you, JD? Tell me the so what to some of the things that you were talking
2: about a second ago. Well, just real quick b- before I go into that, I'll tell you something that, that was um uh, super helpful for me was getting over the idea of being cheap. okay. And what I mean is, is that it cost me a little bit of money to be able to implement and get access to some of these strategies. But what it cost me, I saved exponentially more than what it actually cost me. So it didn't cost me anything. It actually saved me money. And I think a lot of folks will usually look at the initial upfront capital contribution as a cost instead of as an investment. And it's not a cost. It is absolutely an investment. Let me let me explain. I had a really banner year last year. Best year ever, right? Income actually doubled, probably more than doubled last year than it was the year before. The year before, I paid over $60,000 in taxes. It's a lot of money in taxes, okay? Um, last year, more than doubled that. My tax bill originally came back at $500,000. I about had a heart attack. i was like, something is off here. My CPA, you messed up something. You... Like, I spent a lot of money to get tax planning. This is not tax planning. Um, Just went back, got it down to like uh, $190,000. And I'm like, no, not having it, right? This is not good enough for me. So after going back and forth a few times, I'm basically like a little mini CPA now. I'm kidding. I'm not actually a CPA, right? So I know this is being recorded. But I just, I I started really educating myself on how some of this stuff works. I got my taxable liability down to $30,000, because of the things that I implemented and the people that I was able to get around and the strategies that I got access to. And, and that is the, so what's all of this, right? Is that I paid a little bit of money, which was an investment, a key investment to be able to mitigate as much money as I have to send to uncle Sam as possible. I don't want to send any money to him. Right. Right. It's not, it's not patriotic to pay taxes mm. at all. Right. And so I want to write pay- that down. Write that down. Right, <laughs> so I want to pay the least amount possible. In fact, uh, and I don't want to still. Well, Russ, I'll let you finish, but I know where my tax bill went. Right, I know who got my money. Russ, who got my money? <laughs> I mean, I,
0: I'm like, I didn't get all of it. I, I mean, I got a piece of it. I mean, you know, you, you were just talking about there was like four hundred seventy thousand that should have came my way. They only
2: sent me thirty of it, man. I only That's got thirty thousand. Right. So the thirty I sent in, they just went ahead and rerouted it to to Russ's bank account, right? That's um, tax strategy. That's tax planning right there, y'all. Hey, look, I mean, I I am so excited for you. You're doing so
0: well. You're you're having amazing success in all things, and yes, you're investing in yourself. And I just got off the phone with an attorney who is uh, specializes in tax strategy, and he says, what what person doesn't invest fifty thousand dollars? And get, you know, fifteen to twenty thousand back, and say that was great. (laughs) Keep doing it, right? And if if you showed up to a a group, a mastermind, or whatever, and you spent twenty grand, right? You spent twenty grand to get invested in the deal, and they showed you a way to save five or ten thousand dollars in taxes for the year, and you could do it over and over because of the twenty grand that you spent to get in, or you spent. 50 grand that showed you how to save twenty thousand. Like all of the things, right? There's just there's things that we have to know. There's uh Mark Twain has a great quote that says, It ain't the things that you don't know that get you in trouble. It's the things that you know for certain that just ain't so, right? And I think so many times we are limited by the people that we're around, the, the maybe our past to determine, well, yeah, that's good for JD and Jamie and Joey, but that just doesn't work for me and where I am. And they just assume that a certain thing is going to be applied to them. And as you said, so well, You, you have to learn. You have to find different people in your life. Sometimes you have to spend the money. You have to do the work, right? None of these things are tricks. There's very few tools that will always work in every situation. We have to keep applying. We have to keep learning. This is the active part in our life to reduce taxes and If you're doing it well, it's probably the highest wage you'll ever earn. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being open, being willing to have a discussion around your personal finances. That's not easy. Most people don't do that. That's why we're weird because we have these level five conversations all the time. And I think it's hopefully the way that you learn. Please do not take any of these ideas and just go do it just because one of us talked about us doing it. But maybe you should research some of these things. Maybe you should figure out if you should be in a group of people who are talking about these ideas. If you need to figure out if this is the group for you, then go to wealthwithwallstreet.com for such free call. And one of our coaches can help answer some of the questions you have and put you in the right direction if this is the right place for you. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing day.
2: This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand, so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.